Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to a special edition of Let's Ride with Chris Harris Jr. I am Patrick Coyote. I'm, of course, joined by my co-host, former Denver Broncos Super Bowl 50 champion, Chris Harris Jr. And we are graced with the presence of an amazing guest today, former NFL uh, offensive lineman and defensive lineman, played with St. Louis, uh, the Jets, the Dolphins, and a short stint with the Broncos, uh, host of the Zero to 60 pod, owner of Six Zero Strength and Training out there in Colorado, soon to be University of Colorado uh, offensive line coach, Matt McChesney. <laughs> Matt, thanks for joining the program, man. How you doing? I'm doing great, guys. Uh, great to be on the show, Chris. Obviously, yes, uh, you know the, the 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 NFL connection there, and then Pat. You know what you do, bro. You, you guys have a great show. It's awesome. I love it, and uh, honored to be on today. And let's talk some shop, boys. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, thank you, brother. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, you and Chris both have a similar background uh, as far as your journey to the NFL. Both undrafted free agents out of college. You, yeah. of course, playing in the Big Twelve for CU. Chris playing in the Big Twelve for Kansas. Love that connection. Uh, Matt, I wanted to start this off, man. Your, your training facility and what you do as far as uh, offensive line training and, and your work with the, the youth and the college kids, it's crazy to see, man. You're, you're killing it out there. So I wanted to ask you, you know, your career in the NFL, six years, a freak injury kind of forced you out of the league. What, ma what made you want to get into training after your career was over? Well, being a, an average player uh, with a lot of knowledge, I I really wanted to, after, when my career ended in the way it did, you know, a freak accident where, you know, my I'm, we'll just get into it. Justin Bannon, who no. has had his struggles post-career, you know, was a great friend. I played with him. Yeah, you played with, play yeah. with JB. You know JB's. Yeah. If you're around JB too much, bad shit happens. So, you know, just what it is. I love the guy, but it's fact. Um, you know, there's a reason he's where he's at right now. We'll just, that's where we'll leave it. So yeah. I, you know, he's one of my best friends in college and we played next to each other. And then when we had the chance to, I was already here and he signed here from Baltimore mm -hmm. when McDaniels got the head coaching job. And, um, you know, it was just, it was a bad day. It was like a, a break in between the draft, the year they drafted DT and Tebow. And we were on a golf course and, you know, he, he hit me going like 50 miles an hour Gee. downhill in a golf cart <laughs> on the left side with, and like Lonnie Paxton's big asses in the car next to him or in the seat next to him. So that's 600 <laughs> plus pounds of man at like uh, the castle, the castle pines golf course, I think is where we were. It's like really nice, yeah. but I've had like a, some bad luck. So like lightning's popping off on like the 13th hole or the 11th oh, or something. No. And I'm like, Hey, I don't want to get hit by lightning. Can we play best ball? And that's really what did it because we all shanked our balls and then Lonnie killed his. So everybody was going towards the ball and I got out to get mine. And when I turned around, he hit me in the lower leg going downhill, like right underneath right above my ankle but under my knee oh. and i'd had four left ankle reconstructions at that point i had an injury waiver on it so if like i got hurt i didn't get my contract yeah and it like totally broke my ankle again turned my foot oh. tore my knee up dislocated my shoulder it hurt it hurt bad oh and like i don't sue my friends so <laughs> i just kind of chalked it up and you know what really set it off for me though is 
I went back into rehab and like, I didn't want that to be the, the way I left, but you know, Josh McDaniels just got fired the other day and this is why he got fired because Lay it down. of things like I'm about to tell you. So mm. Chris knows this about the facility and like Greek used to be there yep. and he's an incredible man. And like, he was really sympathetic to what happened and wanted to help me. And this is nothing against Steve and Greek. He's so, I mean, that guy is, yeah, well, he's incredible. So the entire training staff was incredible, but it was like the third day of rehab. I had to spend the night in the hospital and shit. It was bad. And I knew I, I knew I was screwed guys. Like I have yeah. eight injury waivers. I've already gotten hurt. I've been on IR twice. Like the writing's on the wall, but I'm, I'm, I was really stubborn. So I'm like, I don't want this to be the way I leave. Let's see if I can at least go back and rehab and get back for camp. And, McDaniels walked in and opened the like the the way that the tubs are set up is they're elevated. Yeah. So like the hot tubs here, cold tubs here, at least that's the way it used to be. And I think it is. And so like you have to walk up. So I'm sitting up in the hot tub and my like whole lower house in it, and I'm trying to rehab, go back and forth on crutches and shit. And McDaniels opens the door and he's like, golf cart, huh? And starts laughing. Oh. Like it's a joke. And I'm like, <laughs> this is a joke to you? And he's like, oh well. Oh, you're going to be back for camp and like just shuts the door before I can even answer and walks off like giggling and shit, like making a joke to it to the guys in the other room. Oh my God. And at that point, at that point that I already had my vest and I was like, okay, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not being disrespected by this little fuck. And I got up and walked in and put my shit in a trash bag and crutched out and left. Hell yeah. And it's just, in my opinion, that's not the way you treat people, even if it is an off the field injury. And it's like David and Woke just burned his whole face off the ground yeah. and laugh at him and cut him and like tell him to leave. So I I just think that the NFL has, you know, sometimes the, the guys in it have absolutely no heart and he's one of them. And that's a hard story to tell, but yeah. this it's been a long time since that happened. And honestly, it when it happened, it was pretty traumatizing, but since then, it gives me a, a huge platform to just talk to kids about pitfalls and, like, what can really yeah. happen to you. So yeah. I'm very blessed for my time in the NFL. You know, the fact that it it was as average as I thought it was, I still got to play both ways and yeah. learn as much as I could, and that's allowed me to do what I do now. And, you know, the NFL means not for long, so get your mind right. Yeah, man. It <clears throat> It's it, yeah. crazy that you – uh, you know, not a lot of guys play, you know, get the opportunity to play on both sides of the ball. Do you think that that kind of helped you in that sense, like going from being a D lineman and oh. then going to playing guard? So I think that there's, and I say this to guys all the time, including my son, who's an eighth grader and like six three two six, and just a, a monster, <laughs> monster, already getting recruited and like, but I say to him constantly, like, are you a born offensive lineman? Like, do you have feet? Are you going to move? Do you have any fast twitch in you whatsoever? So born offensive linemen are slobs. Yeah. And I don't care who says that. I don't care if you got a problem with that. I See me. <laughs> yeah. um, so I, I prided myself defensively on playing hard and chasing the ball. And, like, it's a funny story. After my second training camp with the Jets, I played a ton as my rookie year and, you know, playing defensive line with John Abraham and Sean Ellis and Dwayne Robinson and all these cats and – Vilma and like we had pretty good defense and then the entire offseason the entire training camp I'm the last guy cut and it's like 7 p.m. if you make the team your 7 p.m. hits and you don't get a phone call you're on right. the team well they call me at 702 and they're like bring your playbooks and I'm like ah so I walk in and 
Tannenbaum's sitting there and Bill Callahan. Bill Callahan's yeah. the offensive line coach. That's not Denny. And I'm like, why Why are you in here? And he looks at me and goes, Tannenbaum and Mangini didn't really say anything. They just Callahan looks at me and goes, do you want to play defense or do you want a job? And I was like, job. And he goes, you're a guard. And I was like, okay. And he goes, now you know the snap count. And that was it. Hey. And I was like, cool. Yeah. And I showed up every day at 530 in the morning with him, and he taught me how to – like, instead of trying to learn every box, because I was like, fuck, man, I've been playing no tackle and three technique. That's a pretty easy job. But this offensive line's just different. And in about a week, he made it so simple for me to just package personnel groupings and offensive, how the offensive personnel grouping affects the defense, mm-hmm. the front, and then how many linebackers on the field, where the numbers are. And the best thing he ever taught me was, I love it when I hear like the novice say the Mike is the middle linebacker. And I'm like, hold on dog. The Mike's the most dangerous second level player that doesn't, it's not a defensive right. lineman. I don't care who he is. If he's the nickel, if it's Chris and he's stacked by Darian Stewart, 25 is the fucking Mike and we better roll Roger covers because he's coming. Yeah. And so that the ability to play defense and everything I learned and all the instincts that it takes to play and the effort. And then when I got moved to offense, it became, once I figured it out mentally, which was pretty quick, mm-hmm. it became, just like Coach Callahan said, now you know the snap count, go get yeah. them. And, you know, it was it was, it was was fun, man. I learned a lot, and thank God for it because, I, you know, it allows me to kind of have my master's degree in football, and yeah. it allows me to really help these kids develop. And long line of successful NFL guys have gone down that road too, so it's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's why I want to ask you a question on – on the development, I feel like in the NFL, you see an overwhelming uh, effect of, of of great D linemen, yep. right? And we see I don't see the development happening with the within the O linemen, right? We see the same main dominant tackles, you know, Trent, uh, Lane, um, you know, uh, you don't, but it's not very consistent across the board in the NFL. I would say out of all the positions in the league. Offensive line might be the weakest, you know, just by analyzing and um, just watching the game. So what what do you think what's going on? What's the problem with the development right now with the O-line? Um, I think we kind of did it to ourselves. I think the, when the players negotiated a lack of physicality in practice, I don't I, – look, I think there's two different games being played. Yep. I think mm-hmm. the rules – Say, so if I'm a right guard and we run power, one back power, my job is to kick out kick fucking out Von Miller or, yeah. or, or like DeMarcus Ware or somebody. Well, I got to run eight yards full speed and real fast, and I got to cinch up, and I got to – my head's up, and I don't give a shit about aiming point, and I'm trying to run through man. Yeah. And that has never changed. But we can't practice it anymore mm-hmm. because we're in sweatshirts. But – at the same time, I want to protect the skill players, but why are skill players' head, shoulders, and necks more important than mine? So I'm, I'm really struggling with that part of it, and I don't like the fact that the skill players now, the the defensive guys, Chris, I know you struggled with this your whole career, probably yeah. get fined for tackling people, but like you can't hit anybody anymore, so it's hard to really show the kind of like ferocious player you are. Like yeah, I, I remember yeah. Derek Stewart in the, the game when you guys played Cam after the Super Bowl. Like, you guys broke Cam in the Super Bowl, but you destroyed yeah. Cam on opening night the next year. Yep. Like, yeah. the hit Darian put on him in that game was – that's what football is. Yeah. That's not a dirty hit. Yeah. That's fucking football. A lot of people so, complained about that like, hit. 
exactly. And like yeah. Kareem's getting fined out of the league yes. right now. And I don't know, I don't know how you're supposed to play in the secondary anymore. But then to flip it, I don't know how you're supposed to play quarterback anymore either. Because I grew up watching like Elway and Marino and Cunningham and all Warren Moon, all these bad motherfuckers that would take it like Jim Kelly, take a shot, mm-hmm. get up and talk shit, like spit, chew spit at him and smile and walk off. And like that tough guy quarterback shit has kind of gone too yep. because now everything's a flop to get a flag. So I, I'm really struggling with that part of it. And in full circle, like long answer to a short question. Mm-hmm. I think the, the, the inability to really practice what got me better so I'm on the active for two years, and then all of a sudden I'm a practice squad guard, mm-hmm. right? Getting paid like an active guy, but I don't get to travel. I'm really pissed off about it. And the only thing I got is Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Yep. Wednesday That's we're in game. full pads. Thursday we're in full pads, and Friday we're in pads until it's nine on sevens over, and then we take off shoulder pads and put on shells. And like it used to be like a Christmas miracle, like oh my god, we get to put on sweaters. <laughs> so. Like when I when I get moved to guard and my learning curve is I'm not blocking some guy that they just brought in. I'm blocking in practice in yeah. full pads with the coach on his ass. That's John Abraham. That's Sean Ellis. Yeah. That's Wayne Robinson. Like and I, my learning curve goes from well, I just had my hand in the dirt with him last year, and that's my boy. Yeah. But now I got to block him every day. So Chris knows this. I'm going yeah. after my friends harder than I'm going after anybody else. Yep. I don't want I don't want Brett Brad Kiesel playing <clears throat> middle linebacker talking shit to me. I'm trying to go yeah. I'm trying to go sense him in practice. Yeah. Well, now yeah. if you're a young guy in the NFL and like uh, this is one of the things with Connor McGovern, who's a great you played with Connor, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and Denver yeah. Chris. Mm-hmm. He's playing. He's a starter for the Jets right now. He just hurt his knee, but great pro. I tip my hat to Connor when he got drafted. He didn't he didn't dress for one game as a rookie. Wow. And Clancy Barrow was his offensive line coach, and like he's a tight end coach, and there wasn't a lot of development. And they were all, oh, well, he's this and that. And I remember when Connor came into the facility, he showed up every Tuesday and every opportunity he could get to work on his craft. And he developed himself into a great offensive lineman in the league, yeah. started a ton of games, yeah. made a lot of money. I think that that ability to humble yourself right now and say, I don't know everything and I can get better. I think that that takes guys a really long way in the information age of ignorance is a choice. So if you want to act like nobody can help you or you're too good, that's another thing. A lot of guys who don't have the ability to say, I need help. Will you help me get better? And that, that is another big problem in the national football league. And, Look, the the offensive line is always going to be behind. They're the worst athletes on the field, um, and they've got to deal with the best athletes on yeah. the field. So Thanks. they're always going to be a step behind. But damn it, you can you it. Th- this is last thing I'll say. There's a lot of like five finger offensive lines in the NFL, mm-hmm. where there's I go up to Chris and block him like this. I better get him in the eyeballs, otherwise <laughs> I'm breaking every finger and life sucks. But if I do this. If I do this, yeah. mm-hmm. there's very few five-finger fists in the NFL on the offensive line. Like so the, the units that operate like this, I like that. they will fuck you up these days because the NFL is pass rush heavy. Yep. And if you can just <clears> – I mean, look at the Eagles, bro. Line up and run the ball at people, mm-hmm. and defensive linemen start going, what is this shit? I'm trying to take an A-gap. <laughs> so – you know, it, it's there's a lot that goes into it, but that's my that's my two cents. Old, old linemen hate 
sitting back and pass pro all game. They hate that. They want to they want to yeah, go forward. They, they want to run the football. Yeah. If you yeah. talk to any old lineman in the NFL, they want to run that ball, man. Yeah. I mean Absolutely. Look, and because it takes away the ability for you to sit there and go a hook yeah. and then I got to yeah. chase your ass. Yeah. Like I don't want to chase you, dog. I always yeah. love it when coaches are like, "On the pick, you better chase the guy." And I'm like, "Me?" <laughs> Oh man, Matt, Chris had some interesting things to say in our last episode about the Broncos offensive line and the yeah. sacks that Russell Wilson has been taking. And we, you know, he and I, we're, we've got good banner. We go back and forth. He said that the offensive line was a loser in this last game against the Chiefs. They were terrible. I said that I said that they were fine, but some of those sacks, what? some of those sacks that Russ took were on him because he held the ball too long. I want to get your thoughts. Grade the the Broncos' offensive line performance against the Chiefs. I will. I'll give them a C minus because they ran the shit out of the yeah, ball. It, but yeah, there it is. They had, they, okay, I'll give them a C minus. They they pass because we won. Yep. Thank God. Yep. And they ran the hell out of the ball. They had 40 rushing attempts, which is the way they need to play. But yes. if you have 19 throws, 19 goddamn throws, and you give up six double hand sacks, mm-hmm. six, six sacks on 19 throws, six? Yeah. I don't care if he's holding the ball or not. That's And he got hit four or five times, too. Yeah. That is not. That's what I, come on. Right. All right. All right. That's what I said. All right. They All right. dogs. Shit. <laughs> Terrible. And I'll not only that, that, but they're making $130 million combined. Ah, and Lloyd and Cooper are both going to be up for contracts here pretty soon. Yeah. So, like, look, I understand that there's some confusing shit going on. I get it. But a radar look is not the end of the world. I watched CU struggle with it terribly against UCLA yep, to the point where my head almost exploded. And I'm like doing videos where I'm like, please God, Coach Prime, don't get mad at me when I say this, but what the fuck is going on? And then I'm watch I go to the Broncos the next day and they line up, nose tackle on a zero. Chris Jones is in a five with his outside hand down. The other three techniques on the other side in a five with an outside hand down. And they walk Chanel 54 and the other linebacker in the gap and mug him. That is not freak-out time, Ben Powers. That's short set. And Garrett Bowles, put your right hand up and stop 54 from read-gaming your fucking ear hole. Short set with your left hand, Ben Powers. You just got paid $90 million. Left hand short set, absorb 54, torque his ass over the shoulder of Bowles. Bowles, if you watch him, he doesn't stay square. He's more worried about Chris Jones. His outside hands down, bro. He's going up the field to stop one foot in the ground like he's crossing you over. The read game's going to go to the fucking ear and shoulder. Chanel's the problem, not Chris Jones. They don't separate the penetrator. They have no... no Who would you put that on? At all. Who would you put that on? Not only does he not put his right hand up, he rotates and turns and goes from a door to a turnstile, so he goes from wide to narrow, and when he does that, and there's no separation on 54, all Chanel does is drop, or whatever his name is, he drops his shoulder, and he goes 3D rush, mm-hmm. so the, the punch misses his shoulder, and the penetrator's always mm-hmm. the problem, Chris knows this, and right when they separate, because now, now Powers has to deal with Jones coming over the top, it's a sack, yeah. and <clears throat> that is... Bro, when they line up a linebacker or a defensive end in NASCAR on your shoulder as a guard and you pass set like that, yeah. that is two guys making a ton of bread 
that obviously didn't sit in the in the in the in the room together all week and go, how do we play this? Yeah. So you blaming I'm, both I'm, of them? You blaming practice. both of them, right? Oh, one hundred percent. You said like, it's on look, both of them. Okay. Yes, it is. It's one hundred percent Bull's fault for turning and not putting his right hand up, and it's one hundred percent Power's fault for not short setting and shelving the penetrator like that dude weighs two forty. Dog, you should be able yeah. to bench two forty fifty times. Easy. Like he, like yeah. he should be throwing fifty four across Garrett's face. Yeah. But my problem, my real problem is after watching it because they did a back view of it and you can see Ben point, but you see Garrett like turn his head a bunch. Yeah. And I've worked with Dalton Reisner. I've worked with Ron Leary. Mm -hmm. I don't like Garrett. I'm not going to sit here and act like I do. I, I can't believe he started 90 games here. It's not everyone's cup At of the tea. Same time, like I think it's the most irrelevant 90 <laughs> game start in Bronco history because they've won Dick the whole time he's done it. Um, <laughs> Got to win. And that's just, look, I, look, I understand that I was, I was here for a small clip, but I grew up here and I know the history of this place mm -hmm. and it's the worst. I've never seen it this bad before for this long. Yeah. It's, it's so, completely fair criticism too. I mean, and, and it's yeah, not, they're professionals. Dog. Fuck yeah. yeah and, and like this, this was a guy who like, struggled so bad early in his career and everybody said well he came out as a raw prospect okay fine he's raw but like you're a first round pick that that labels on you and you want to play like you're a first round pick those those two seasons before uh uh the offensive line coach came in remind me the name Munchak. yeah the but those seasons before munchak come awful terrible thank god awful. for mike munchak terrible Thank God for Mike Munchak because we got the we got the best version of Garrett Bowles, but it was for like one and a half seasons, and then he wants to and then he wants to carry that singular performance throughout the rest of the years and say, "Well, I, I did this five years ago, bro." No one cares. This, but I can, I can argue though. I could argue that Bowles is the second. Yes, I don't know where the balloons coming from, <laughs> but I could argue that Bowles <laughs> is the second best O lineman we got right now. Uh, I. So you, who do you think's first, Lloyd? I would say the center is playing the best. Yeah, I think Lloyd, Lloyd is. Done. I, hope they, I hope they re-sign him and Dude, keep him. Dude, what here. a really what a story that is. I mean, th there were people calling for that guy's head uh, the last couple of seasons, and like, I I liked the pick initially. I I really did. I thought this is going to be a guy that that could potentially you know be something down the road. Like it's going to take a little bit of time, but man, he is he has put together a solid season. Him and him and well, now together don't do too? what you always do, though, Denver. Don't do what you always do. Don't pull a McGovern. Yeah, don't, don't let develop him go. your draft pick. Don't develop your draft pick for another team. Yeah, exactly. Don't do it. I mean, I understand not right now. I understood not re signing Dalton. Yeah, I don't understand it right now. If you're going to give Ben Powers all my problem with these two, I look McGlinchey is a great run blocker. I knew he would be a problem in pass yeah. protection. Everybody knew it would be a problem in pass protection. He gets isolated a lot. He's going to give up pressure in sacks. I thought Russell Wilson was fleet of foot. Eh. It is what it is. Yeah. Like, the right tackle has been a revolving door. I hope he comes back next year just to have some. We haven't had a right tackle, and I don't, I don't, I don't. Well, you guys didn't even have a right tackle. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. We, we, it was right. It's a revolving door in Denver. Yeah, it's just, who's gonna be next? You know, it's like a, the last, it's, it's a like true like 
Yeah, like, right man, we haven't had Band-Aid, Broncos Band-Aid at right tackle. That's why we paid them, right? Because we, yeah. we it's just been a revolving door. I mean, yeah. It, now, right, but go ahead. Now, I hope he stays, yeah. and, and that it's not really about Mike. I actually think the right side of the offensive line isn't really the problem. The left side is the problem. And when mm-hmm. Powers is making what he's making, and you could have gotten Dalton for $30 million cheaper, and he went to Minnesota the other night and looked real motivated. He did look pretty good. And maybe that's what needs to happen here. Maybe Garrett needs to go somewhere else and figure out what it's like to get cut. Maybe yeah. maybe Powers needs to look at himself in the offseason and go, because they're going to go to him and go, we're paying you like an all-pro, and you're playing like a f- rookie. Yeah. that Bro, that kind of shit can't happen. Yeah. We can't have – if they're going 5-0 on us, that means and, – and the linebackers are mugging, that means they're nickel or – yeah, probably nickel with one true linebacker on the field and a bunch of a bunch of cover guys, mm-hmm. which means we're probably in a cover one or cover three look, and there's going to be some open pockets and opportunities if we can just protect. And we're getting beat on a fucking read game with a linebacker and Chris Jones as a five technique. Like that's not Chris Jones at three technique and yeah. and the the the, the 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 whatever the Greek kid fifty six. I can't remember his name. Yeah, that dude. That's not those two. That's not two trained passers. Nice, I like him. You know what I'm saying? So you can't lose that rep. And and the entire training camp, I was at training camp watching this, and I would watch them do games in in like one on ones, and they were just getting murked. And I brought it up a thousand times, and it's like, oh, they'll fix it. Really? When? Yeah. So I think that I think that if they can figure it both in Boulder and in Denver, yeah. If they can figure out how to protect the passer, I think the Broncos are a playoff team. The defense is nice. Yeah, the defense is real nice now. I mean, granted, you give up 70 points in a season, and then you also hold Patrick Mahomes to no touchdowns. That's that's a pretty crazy turnaround in itself. Uh, Getting Justin back is huge, and and Vance has made some good changes over the last couple weeks. Well, can I I ask a question of Chris real quick? Go for it. Oh, yeah. Look, like, look, you played on – one of the top five defenses I ever saw, right? In in 2015 when you guys won that mm-hmm. ring. In my opinion, just because we signed Clark and Gregory, I, the backups were better. They made a decision. Like, I, I know you've seen where maybe a veteran player thought he had the job and should have been the starter, but the guy behind him's better. I know you took someone's yeah. job once and never gave it back. So... In yeah. your opinion, do you think that they just overvalued the veterans on the team early and then realized that they were turds, got rid of them, and then boom, the young guys are now getting an opportunity and they're hungrier? Good question. I think they really don't know what they have in the younger guys, right? They didn't really – they know Barry Browning is, is a good player, but can he be like this player that we're seeing now? They right. didn't really know. You know, that's why they hadn't – that's why they went out and got a, a Gregory – and they got a Frank Clark. They didn't know Benito would be solid. Yeah. Like he's, he's been, nice. you know. He's been really And nice. now they see that those guys can play, right? We can go ahead and trade these guys and and you know and develop these younger pass rushers and Cooper, you know. So I think they got Seven a good, nice or... little young bunch, right, right there. Um, young DNs that they can work with, right? And uh a, a veteran inside presence, you know, and we just got to – I think they'll probably next year, they'll definitely try to upgrade the corner position, of course. Yep. That's going to be the biggest thing on defense, to upgrade that spot. Um, see – probably um, see what's going to happen with the strong safety spot because yeah. Caden Stern's not here. 
he would have a great opportunity now. Know, man. You know, uh, to be able to play and see what Dude, he can like do. Lock. Uh, Lock, he's been solid. That was an excellent pick. You know, yeah. but he still gets yeah. lost in the coverage a little bit. You know, he's still. You know, I, I like Stearns uh, better, but um, I think those two guys will be formidable. You know, to work at safety next year. What what's your thoughts on Kareem, bro? Like I, I had Eric Weddle on my show on uh, Tuesday. And Eric it. played for fourteen years, played safety, yep. bad bad man. You know, and, and he he was he's a coach now in Cali, and he's like, I I try and teach like now I'm going between the knee and hip, and I'm like, yeah. oh shit, that's really gonna piss offensive guys off. I'd rather yeah. get hit in the head, but then I kind of want to think when I'm older. So how do you feel about all this shit, bro? Like. My, yeah. my biggest problem is how can you glorify, like, Steve, who I love Steve Atwater. Yeah. He's on the show next Friday. Like, one, one of my best friends and my favorite player ever, maybe. But how can Steve be glorified and John Lynch be glorified and B-Doc, who I played with. Thank him, you. Who will knock his own teammates out. Thank you. Like, how can they be glorified, but then all of a sudden Kareem Jackson's the villain in Denver? What is happening, yeah, yeah. Broncos? And country? he's, like, half, their, yeah. half those guys' size, too. Yeah. yeah. I think we have to really separate the errors now. Yeah. And, and really separate everybody, right? Because uh, the way they play it is totally different, right? They, they're they out there smacking dudes, you know, laying guys out that are nothing. You know, these quarterbacks barely get hit. It's rough in the passer. Yeah. Right? If they land on the quarterback, think about rough this. Like, if their body lands on them, right, it's a rough in the passer. So it's just a totally, completely different game now. Especially even even in the even in the back end, yeah, right, and the way that we work with the uh, the receivers, uh, it's totally different. Like uh, those Dion and them, they could have a legal contact. They could ride the guys a little bit more down the field. And nowadays, you can't touch them, right? It's, a, a, it's them. a totally different game um, from all over. So um, it's just right now uh, for a guy like Kareem Jackson, you got to kind of develop and change your game. Right. Uh, you got to change. If you want to continue to play in this league, right, um, you're going to have to change your game and, and or they're going to take your money. Yeah. Right. Either way, they're going to find a way to get you up out the league. Yeah. Right. And that's what they're trying to do. That, that Jalen Warren fine, like absolutely <clears throat> ridiculous. He He's blocking bro, a guy. Bro. He's got a he's got a free I mean, runner coming at him. And then you find him basically a whole game check for blocking. Like the, the thing that's really killing me is. Like John Runyon is the guy who pulls out fines. Yeah, do you, I don't know if people know this, but John Runyon was like one of the nastiest, surliest, dirtiest fucking players <laughs> ever, bro. Like he, Michael Strahan hated John, like to the point where he would play so hard he'd like run him over and shit. Yeah, I watched John Runyon give up like four sacks to Michael <laughs> Strahan on Monday Night Football one time. But John Runyon was a great player. His son's a player. I just. Like John, if I'm going to talk to him, like John, dog, he's uh, up. Are you getting a cut of these fines? <laughs> because you find shit out of people, bro. You are way dirtier than this. Dude, it's ridiculous. They it? say they give that to community service, but where you know we never know what happens to that money. Where? You know, but that, I think it's a bigger. <laughs> I think the bigger the bigger question before we leave. I think the bigger issue is that they're trying to keep it. You know, the parents. You know, it's about having their little kids still continue trying to keep the game alive. <clears throat> yeah. And, you know, that that's I think that's where the – I think that's the issue right there. I'm so glad you brought that up before we leave. Like, look, yeah. 6-0 Football Academy, 6-0 FootballAcademy.com, 6-0 Strength.com, all over social media, TikTok and, and Instagram and 
and uh, obviously Twitter or X or whatever it's called. Um, that's what we do, man. We've been 13, going on 14 years, 500, over 500 kids placed, some of the best players in the country, you know, from this area. Yeah. But you, you said something just now, Chris, that it's catering towards Karens and minivans and moms and like, it's going soccer style. And I yeah. personally, and I say this to every single person that comes into my program, the three consults I have this afternoon, they're going to hear it. Whether the kid's 10, 15, or 20, this is not for everyone. Mm -hmm. It is a collision sport, not contact. The injury rate is a thousand percent, regardless of rules, the turf, head contact. I don't give a shit. You're getting hurt. Yeah. There are grown men playing. And not just playing. There are grown men that didn't come from fucking Cherry Hills. I grew up in a double ride trailer, dog. Without football, I'm going to the military or jail. Yeah. Like, thank Back. God for this game because it's given me everything I have. And if I look at a kid who has nothing, and I'm like, if you but if you show up at 5 a.m. and bust your fucking ass for four years, you'll go to school for free. And then, you know what? Uh, Ryan Jensen from Fort Morgan, who walked into CSU Pueblo at 6'1", 230, and just, like, played for 15 years and won a ring and has $140 million bucks in the bank, that's what the fuck this is. So, yep. it's you, if you, if the, if, if football continues to ignore its base, eventually it will just be entertainment. Yeah. And that sucks. Yeah. And I think the product yeah. is already a little watered down and it's only, I think it'll get worse as they try and make it safe. It's like, it's like making roller derby safe, bro, or boxing safe or fighting. You can't make this shit safe. Yeah. It's impossible. <laughs> and the Chris, Chris knows this better than anybody. When you're out there thinking, you're a step behind and bad shit happens. Every time I've gotten hurt on the field, it's because, like, I, I in the last practice, my first year in Denver in training camp, Jarvis Moss stopped in the middle of the play, and I stepped on his foot and broke my leg. Mm. Like, I was in a game in Miami where the, the play was over, and the pile, like, the tight end got finished over the pile, and it rolled into my knee and blew my knee out. Oh. Like, oh, I, didn't, I was just standing yeah. there. So... But when people go half speed and think bad things happen. Yeah. So, you know, it is what it is. That's a great yeah. answer. I mean, action, reaction, the more you think, yes. the, the more in danger you're going to be. And, and, but also the ability for the parents to say to their children, look, you can play football, but when, like, I, I just got done coaching my son's eighth grade team, and now he's being recruited by high schools to go play, and he's already gone on multiple recruiting trips. And he's built for this shit. He's 6'3", 260. He's in eighth grade. He's wearing my clothes. He stole my Jordans this morning. My 45. My 45s. Oh, uh, no. He stole my four fives and, like, wore them out. And I'm like, if you crease those, you die. So, <laughs> but, like, 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 I'll just, he'll walk in and all my, I'm like, okay, you're built for this shit. You're working out. You're doing it right. But then there's guys and, and parents that walk in and they, they're like on this pipe dream where they're like, well, my kid's big and the coach said he works hard so he can get a scholarship, right? And I'm like, you know how many big, soft, like lethargic just dudes I've met that think that they're good and just like size means dick. I don't care how big you are. I don't care. I don't care how fast you are. Well, to a point. But like, this is all about the mental. When when Chris went undrafted, did it not piss you off? Yeah. Oh, yeah, uh -huh. man. 
I that don't like, mean. I, there were 27 oh, motherfuckers yeah. that went in front of me. And then they moved me to yeah. guard, and I got to play against some of them. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Yeah. So it's about yeah. what you do with the spite. Like, it's not about what you do in this game with the gold. When they give you shine, you earn that. Yeah. Congratulations. But when they tell you, fuck you, you can't play, or we're going to move you positions, or you're too small, or we're going to go sign somebody else and actually let him go to the Chargers, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, it... That that kind of shit drives guys like us, especially the undrafted. Lights so, the fire. You know, forty percent of the league is undrafted and like one double A and D two guys, and there's a reason for that. Grunt game, remember that. So, Amen. hey, and then <laughs> one sir. more thing for me. Yeah, when the fuck are they putting you in the Ring of Fame, dog? Dude, uh, I think Let's you got to be. I think it's like five so years or something. I think that's how they go. They need to. They, well, JJ Watt went straight in. I mean, he retired. JJ Watt retired and he was in there, man. In the day, they were the, like, "Shit, what? We'll just do JJ Watt day." Yeah. <laughs> All right, quick. I mean, JJ Watt was raising millions of dollars. You know, Hurricane. Fair enough. You know, but I mean, <laughs> yeah, but still, that's no, that's no excuse. You raised millions of dollars too. It's called Super Bowl Fifty. Yeah. Last the ring, bitch. <laughs> hey, last What's question up? before we get out of here: uh, Broncos versus bye week. Who you got winning? <laughs> uh, well, hopefully the Broncos. But look, look. This is this is my thing with the bye week. Yeah. Just don't allow the three pitfalls of every professional athlete to happen, and those three pitfalls are booze, drugs, and women. Yep. Stay one chick like Kerm Edwards said this to me when I was a rookie. He had one wife, one house, one car, one watch, and I was like. Well, can I have like three watches? One watch. I'm like, okay, okay, coach. And like, it's, it, I know it's simple, but it's true. Nothing good happens past one in the morning. These are facts. facts. I mean, unless you're at Tootsie's, but then you get beat by seven. (laughs) 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 Oh, Matt. Dude, you're hilarious. Thank you for coming on, dude. I really appreciate it. Hey, let the people know, uh, let the people know about your new show on Believe. Yeah, so 0 to 60, we're on twice a day, uh, 9 a.m. Uh, Bree Macis and I bring you the top six topics. Yo. It's fast. It's to the point, 20, 25 minutes. We get in, we get out. Uh, this morning, we talked about Bobby Knight and the Thursday night game and the college football slate and some other stuff. Uh, the Nugs losing first game. And then the, the 2 p.m. show, I got to have you guys on. Chris definitely gets you on. Yeah. But it's yeah. an interview show, man. And it's just guys that I played with or dudes I know around the country and just coming on and talking shop and talking ball. We had Coach JB on on Monday. Weddle did Tuesday. We go Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday there. Uh, you know, today's show is Ryan Koningsberg from DNVR, yeah. and I'm down there doing DNVR buffs today. They do a great job. And then uh, I don't know who we have on tomorrow, but Monday's Brendan Schaub, and next Jeez. Friday's Atwater. And like, Jeez. I'm just, I'm, you know, pull the Rolodex and get everybody to come in and talk some shop and, and see how it goes. And Chris, we got to get you on. Oh, like, yeah. Pat, yes, gotta get you on, dog. Let's make this happen, Amen, brother. Yes, sir. Well, Matt, thank you so much for joining the show. Uh, can't wait to have you back on. We'll talk some. We'll talk some buffs next time. You know, hey, man, college, we gotta talk some college fight. football yeah. next. Yeah, yeah dog, some big next fun. year, Colorado Kansas is a, is a is a division game, dog. We're yeah. gonna go to Lawrence next year. We gotta make a yeah. road trip, and, and we gotta go to. I gotta go to that game because. It, it says that we won't play them for another two years after next year. So, yeah, so the way that, they... that Lawrence trip, that was always a hard trip for us, man. I mean, why? Can I ask you something, Chris? Why in the <laughs> fuck in the in the visitor locker room in Kansas 
Why don't you guys have any fucking doors on the shitter? <laughs> Why do I have to sit next to my best friend and take a shit before the game? Hey, my man, I have not in been in the visitors' locker room. So I know, that's you not, know. but it's, like you but look, we got a new stadium coming real soon, right? State hey, of the art stadium, it's coming. Still, it's all the way, man. But uh, it was so weird, dog. Like I walk in and I'm just sitting there, and like I look over and like my boy Michael Lewis is sitting. I'm like, hey, Mike. He's like, hey, and I'm like, okay, oh it's happening. All right, we- I know we're in a basketball school. <laughs> Not anymore, dog. That was a big ass win last yeah, week. Yeah. Although, that you are you scared about Iowa State this weekend? Because going to Ames, yes, no yes, yes. It's always tough going to Iowa State. It was tough when I was like, in school. They're good, and yeah, it's always tough. Iowa State's always tough. Iowa State going. I remember we played there once, and it was like four degrees, yeah. and uh. the wind was blowing like right and left at the same time. That's gross. People don't know. It's hard to play down there, man. Yeah, People sucks. don't know, That's man. <laughs> they they pack it out, man. Iowa State has some pretty good fans. Oh, yeah, they do. Well, that shit, there ain't nothing to do there. But no, football. That's all they got. Really football. Football. <laughs> all right, Matt, thank you so much again, man. Appreciate you coming yeah, on. Uh, make sure that you follow him Later, on Twitter or X, uh, at 6-0-Academy. Follow his pod. Can't wait to see more of that. Can't wait to see the the Weddle show. It's going to be awesome, dude. Follow us on Twitter at Chris Harris Jr., at Patrick Coyote, at Believe Network. And uh, make sure that you subscribe to this show on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. And until next time, Broncos country, let's ride. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.